0: Well now that we've completed our celebration of the Paschal mystery the long and glorious mystery of uh, Lent, Holy Week and Easter, now the the church dedicates the Sunday that follows Pentecost to the commemoration of the three persons of the Holy Trinity Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all of whom have been in and out of this Unified mystery of Jesus, always present with Him, never separate, but always present. This is always a day that comes with a variety of mixed feelings or emotions, I'd say, for you know, for me in particular, because this is a significant moment which uh, um, brings me back to memories of back in 2017 when I was ordained. Um, first comes a feeling of joy in that four years ago, on this uh, solemnity, I had my opportunity, I was blessed to celebrate the Mass for the very first time. And it's, it's a moment that's, every time I come back to this solemnity, it's like a it's like a renewal. It's like a, it's a powerful, grace-filled renewal, and uh, honestly, it, the mer- the memory, you know, it was it's dearer to me than even the actual day when the bishop, Bishop Burbage laid his hands on me. Maybe it's something that you know. It's you know, after becoming a priest, you you know that you are a priest and you get to offer the sacrifice for the first time. But uh, you know, beyond that, you know, beyond you know, the, uh, the happy memory of you know that that first moment when I could you know raise the the host and the chalice for the first time with the using the words our lord used at the last supper you know that and also this day this solemnity of the holy trinity you know brings back memories both cheerful and somewhat dreadful of a previous theology professor dr ross that i had in seminary god rest his soul i say cheerful in that he introduced me and my classmates you know he was the first one to really give us a full dose of the intricate beauties of trinitarian theology. It's a big war amongst theologians to say, "Oh, trinitarian theology comes first. No, Christology comes first. No, no, this it's, it's okay. But um, you know, he had a I'd say more than a passion, he had a charisma for the way that he taught it. So a very joyful memory in you know thinking of him and and uh, praying for him, but but I also um, I say that uh, uh, it's, it was somewhat of a dreadful memory because I always remember uh, when he would talk about the, you know, the uh, the details of you know the mystery that we understand. You know, he'd always remind us, you know, come this day on Holy Feast of Holy Trinity, I better not get wind that you ever said at the ambo, oh, the Trinity is just some mystery we don't understand because I will come I'll hunt you down and haunt you for the rest of your days. So this one's for you, Dr. Ross. So, yeah. I hope never to say anything you know, subject to you know, a reprimand from my, um, from my professor and make him spin in his grave, but it is worthy to talk about Trinity as mystery or at least come to what, some terms of what we mean by mystery. In fact, there is no greater mystery than this in the entire deposit of our faith. The comprehensive three-in-one language continues to perplex every generation of Christian thinkers. As I was thinking about it, it's like the, the hydra of Hercules, You know, the, the hydra that Hercules was tasked to uh, defeat, you know, Cut off one head of the beast; three more heads would, you know, grow in its place. It's kind of like that with the theologians who try to wrestle with the idea or the thought of the Trinity. Regardless of how much understanding our our understanding improves, our little human minds, you know, you know, perpetually raise you know additional questions of wonderment. There's even more questions that are asked. Of all the contributors or thinkers of, of the past that have, I suppose you could say, put a dent in this mystery of the Holy Trinity, no one comes closer to understanding than St. Augustine. And even he confessed to having, you know, th- through excruciating mental and spiritual pains, the endeavor barely scratched the tip of the iceberg. His entire project, according to history, it took him 20 years Twenty years to write his treatise on the Holy Trinity. To exhibit this, you know this, um, perhaps the the limited nature, limited as, as thick as this uh, this work of his is, you know he there's a story that kind of illustrates how limited our understanding is and that involves the saint. According to this legend, um, Saint Augustine was walking along a shoreline in his diocese when he happened upon a little boy playing in the sand. As he watched the boy for a few moments, making repetitive trips between the surf and a little hole he dug in the sand, you know, he couldn't help but you know, be distracted by it. You know, there was something very curious about his behavior. And as the boy kept, went back and forth from the surf to his little hole that he had dug, he kept filling and refilling a pail of water and brought it back and dumped it into his little hole. Well, the you know Saint Augustine goes approaches the, and questions the little boy. He says, uh, "What what are you trying to achieve here? What's what you, I mean? It looks like you're playing, but it's a strange form of of, uh, of, of playtime." And, and the little boy says to him, honestly, "I'm trying to empty the sea into my little hole." And Augustine, I mean, you can just think of the saint just laughing in the moment. But he says to the says to the boy, "Do you realize how absurd that is?" And the boy looks up at him and says, no more absurd than your book. St. Augustine looks down and just you know, marvels at that for a second. He looks back up. The boy is gone. If it gives you any idea of how close we are to really grappling, understanding this beautiful treasure that we have, think of that story. The three-in-one language of the Holy Trinity, we certainly call mystery, but keep in mind, it's not mystery in the sense that we don't use the word mystery like it's some enigma. We're not playing clue when we listen to the listen to the theology behind this or when we ponder the mysteries that are in front of us in the Holy Scriptures. It doesn't mean mystery as in Curious, it means mystery as in inexhaustible, limitless treasure, a wellspring which never runs dry. Yet, one, of the mis- uh, one, of, one part of the mystery I think that is worth pondering for at least a few moments for today really hones in on what our Lord said in the last, the last line of Matthew's gospel there. Jesus says, "I am with you always unto the very end." When he says this, he unveils a couple of crucial elements about the life that he lives with his Father and the Holy Spirit. First, Jesus' life is not solitary. Even before any of us were but even before he became human, he was never a solitary being, though he is, there is one God. God is forever social. He is forever familial, you could say. He's always had a family. In a reflection of this, our Savior teaches us that neither is every Christian who follows him to be seen as an isolated person, but someone who is part of a family. As St. Paul says, we become heirs. And if heirs, we become literally family. We take every step that the Savior has taken, both in suffering and in glory. That means family with Him that will last forever. We belong to Him always, as do we to one another through our baptism. That is what this baptism, which we've been commissioned to send to every corner of the earth means God has been given, Jesus has been given all power in heaven and on earth so spread the dominion by baptism allow the trinity to reveal itself in the multiple relationships we all share both directly with God and with our brothers and sisters at all times we are never separated from them just as Jesus is inseparable from his father and the Holy Spirit at all times. And furthermore, given that the Lord's promise of presence is a perpetual presence, and He says, you know, to the very end of the age, I am with you, even though He's ascending into heaven, He says, I am with you always. It's good to remember the name of Jesus, which, uh, this Emmanuel, which comes from the prophet, which means God with us. And that name never ceases to bear its meaning. Our Lord is not an idea of the past, but an every present reality. Jesus remains forever personal in heaven above and earth below. As the Holy Father said recently, we do not believe in a distant entity. No, not in, in not an in indifferent entity. No, we believe in the love who created the universe. And who engendered it? Engendered a people, became flesh, died and rose. And as the Holy Spirit Spirit transforms and leads everything to fulfillment. We listen to these lessons. It's you know as um, last uh, last last week, you know the the gospel passage really gave us a kind of sense of hope. And moving forward. And the teachings of the, of the church recently. Have been ones of hope. Especially as we see. We're starting to see. Kind of the end of this pandemic. Though it's still upon us. There is hope. A message of hope that must be spread. And what better way to do that. Than through the mystery. Of the Holy Trinity. God has never abandoned us. He's always been with us. And that will never change. Let's remind everyone as we go forward, as we put on the green, as we put on, you know, you know, prayers of prayers of fruitfulness in this green season, this or, this this time this ordinary time, and continue to encourage one another. Thanks be to God.